Trust in the Lord, do good, and dwell in the land and feed on God's faithfulness. There's been an item in the news this week, it's been in lots of the newspapers, concerning the actor Ewan McGregor. Some of you will have seen and heard some of the things about him. The wife that he had been with for 22 years, he abandoned towards the end of last year. And his four daughters. And at a recent awards ceremony, he had the audacity to stand up and thank the wife that he'd abandoned for all that she'd done for him. And then proceeded to also thank his new girlfriend for all the support that she'd given him. And uh, many in the press and on social media uh, commented on what a crass and hurtful thing it was for him to do to thank the wife that he's just abandoned. And she, understandably, is said to be furious with him. Many of you know only too well that one of the greatest heartaches and disappointments in life is when someone you trusted proves to be unfaithful. It's one of the greatest heartaches you'll ever know. Some lives are blighted almost irreparably because from their early years all they have known in their lives is people being unfaithful and letting them down. The one consistent thing in their life has been the unfaithfulness of others. And for some people it leaves them shattered and broken. Unfaithfulness is a great scourge of sin in this wicked world in which we live. But the message of the Bible is that God is faithful. And this surely is one of the greatest comforts that comes to the Christian believer. To know personally a God who will only ever be faithful. So let's think about this, about the faithfulness of God. The first thing I want to point out is that faithfulness is God's very nature. It's God's nature to be faithful. In Psalm 71, we read also, with the lute I will praise you and your faithfulness. Oh my God. The faithfulness of God was a great source of praise and rejoicing for God's Old Testament people. They understood, they recognized what a significant thing it is that in God you may find one who is faithful, one who will never abandon you, one who will never in any way let you down. And then we read those verses in Psalm 89. Now, this message is not going to be an exposition of those verses, 
But I want to remind you of some of the things that we read there because it's a wonderful expression of the faithfulness of God. We, we read before, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Because you see, because God is faithful, we will always and only ever find him to be merciful. Because he's faithful. I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. God's faithfulness isn't going away. It's there to stay. And the heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. You see, these Old Testament believers, they understood the significance of the fact that God is faithful in a world which is full of unfaithfulness. Verse 6 of Psalm 89, For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? And that's certainly true when it comes to the subject of faithfulness. Who can be compared to God? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. Why? What is it about God that he should be held in such reverence? Well, there are many things, of course. But in verse 8, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord, your faithfulness also surrounds you. One of the great things for which God is to be revered and worshipped and honoured is the fact that he is faithful. And of course, of the Lord Jesus Christ, we read very significantly that he also is faithful do you remember there are some verses in the book of Revelation where the Lord Jesus Christ is described as the faithful and true witness. In Revelation 3 and in Revelation 19, two times the Lord Jesus Christ is called him who is faithful and true. You read all about what's coming out of the White House over in the USA. Faithful? True? Who knows? But there is a place where faithfulness and truth may be found. Something we all need. Faithfulness. Something utterly, totally dependable and reliable. And that is our God. It's one of God's great attributes. We use this word attributes to describe what we might call a characteristic or a feature of God. Something about him which is intrinsically true of his nature. And his faithfulness is this significant attribute of God. And first of all, God is faithful in and of himself. And that means that God is faithful in the execution of all of his other attributes. Constantly faithful. Who do you know who has never once, not once to the slightest degree, 
ever wavered in their behavior or wavered in their personal convictions or wavered in their character, not once, to the slightest degree. You and I waver all the time. We have good days, we have bad days. Occasionally we have awful days. We have times when we're consistent, well, relatively so. We have other times when we're most definitely not. We encounter circumstances which cause us to react in ways that other people would judge to be completely out of character to us. Because that particular circumstance we just couldn't handle. Some of us have trials which persist and persist. And sometimes they gradually can wear us down until we react against them. And our hitherto calm and patient demeanour suddenly seems to fly out the window. To be consistently, reliably, unwaveringly faithful Well, that is a trait which we can all see is something to be admired and sought after. But we know only too well that absolute faithfulness will not be found in anyone sat in this room this morning. Now, we pray under God as those of us who are Christian believers that we'll be improving and maturing and growing in these things all the time. There is only one who is truly faithful. If you were to visit the state of Wyoming in the USA, you'd find within that very large area a place called Yellowstone National Park. And within Yellowstone is an area of extreme geothermal activity resulting in hot water geysers bursting out of the ground. Water is heated to boiling point, deep underground. And as it warms, the pressure increases until eventually the water is forced to explode up out of the ground through cracks in the rock. And it explodes into the air like a boiling fountain, like steam erupting out of a pressure cooker. Now, geysers like that are normally quite erratic, They're usually very unpredictable. But there's one geezer in Yellowstone that is so regular compared to all the others, they've given it the name Old Faithful. Each display, when it erupts, can last for between one and five minutes. The water can reach a height of up to 180 feet. Now, it's not so regular that you can set your watch by it. But it erupts roughly every 90 minutes or so. And so if you go to visit Yellowstone and you think, I'll I'll go and see Old Faithful. If you go and spend a morning there or an afternoon there and there are rows of benches at a safe distance where you can sit and wait, you are guaranteed to see it erupt because it's Old Faithful. Never lets people down. Anyone who goes to visit will see it. Because it's assured to take place. The precise time can't be noted. But just sit there an hour or two, you'll see it. 
God never moves or changes. He always is behaving according to his holy attributes. His love never changes. His grace never changes. His mercy never changes. He is long-suffering. He is all-powerful. He is holy. He is just. And in all of those things, God is absolutely faithful. None of those attributes about God will ever change. They'll never move. They're constantly certain because God is firstly faithful in and of himself. This is why we can stand and preach the gospel 2,000 years after the gospel was first proclaimed on the day of Pentecost and we can stand and preach, preach exactly the same truths with exactly the same confidence that Peter did. Because God is faithful and he has not changed and neither has his gospel. And in a world of unfaithfulness, what a discovery this is. One who is faithful. And because God is faithful, we can know and experience his faithfulness in our lives in all kinds of different ways. And I want to mention just a few this morning. First of all, we know God's faithfulness in his common grace. God's faithfulness in his common grace. We read this in Psalm 119. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You established the earth and it abides. God is holding this world firmly in his grip. We read in Genesis 8, after the flood, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat, whatever they say about global warming, listen to God's word, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. God's common grace to us all. We have clocks that run 24 hours a day. And they're reliable because of God's common grace. He's the faithful one holding this world, running this world in an orderly way for every single one of us on the face of the planet. Matthew 5, he makes his son rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. God's faithfulness in his common grace. All around the world on this 14th day of January 2018, men and women and boys and girls are living proof of God's faithfulness. You are living proof of God's faithfulness right now. You've woken up this morning and the world is still here and so are you. God is faithful. Don't take it lightly. You turned the tap and out came fresh water, hot or cold according to your choice. God is faithful. You turned the light switch and the bulb lit up. And then at some point you could turn it off because the sun rose 
in the morning sky. Because God is faithful. And I presume for most of you, your tummy is not rumbling because you have not eaten. And the list just goes on and on. And some of you might be thinking, but not everyone in the world has woken up to all of those things that you've just mentioned. Well, that's true. But that's down to man's own sinfulness of heart. And that's down to man's own inhumanity. And that's because the Bible teaches that our sinfulness has had a detrimental effect even upon what we call the natural world. But not because God has ceased to be faithful. The Bible teaches that the whole earth is groaning as it waits for the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ when all things will be made new. And that day will come because God is faithful. God is faithful in his common grace. Every single one of us are the proof of that this morning. Thirdly, we see God's faithfulness in salvation. God's faithfulness in salvation. We read in the opening chapter of 1 Corinthians, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Christ Jesus our Lord. If you are a Christian this morning, you are only a Christian because God is faithful. We read in Hebrews chapter 2, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. You are only a Christian because the Lord Jesus Christ himself was faithful in that mission that God had given him when he came into the world to save sinners. Christ was faithful. And it's on account of Christ's faithfulness. And it's only on account of Christ's faithfulness that there is salvation to be offered to sinners. We see God's faithfulness in salvation. And we have this great promise, don't we, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, there'll never be a day when the gospel is proclaimed and a sinner bows down before the Lord and with a contrite and broken heart and in repentance of all of their sins cries out to the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy and grace and God turns round and says, do you know what? I've changed my mind. Do you know what? I've decided to move the goalposts. It will never, ever happen because God is faithful. And the gospel goes on. And the message never changes because the message doesn't have to. Why? Because of God's faithfulness. Are you a Christian this morning? You are only because God is faithful.
And he's called you to himself. And here is one of the great distinctions between God's gospel of grace in Jesus Christ compared to every other form of religion. Other religions require you to be faithful if you are to have any hope of getting right with God. Any hope of salvation in other religions depends upon your faithfulness. In the Christian gospel, salvation is secured and salvation is assured because of God's faithfulness towards us. Isn't that a relief? That your salvation is not dependent upon you being faithful towards God, but that salvation is available to all because of God's own faithfulness to sinners. And that's the glorious news of the Christian gospel. What a relief it is. God has been faithful and continues to be faithful in mercy and in grace. God's been faithful in fulfilling his promise of he himself being our salvation. And he's done that in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The father has been faithful in sending his son. Jesus has been faithful in obedience to his father. The Holy Spirit has been obedient and faithful in visiting lost sinners, bringing to them grace and power, bringing to them new birth and spiritual life, bringing to them understanding. And as we were reminded last Sunday, the gift of faith that they might take hold of the Lord Jesus Christ because God is faithful. You are a Christian because God is faithful and he's been faithful to you. And as we'll see in a moment, he is continuing to be faithful to you. Would you be a Christian, but you know that right now you're not? Because God is faithful, if you today confess your sins, he will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It requires no faithfulness of life or deeds in order to merit these things. It depends entirely upon the faithfulness of God towards you as a sinner, to all who will approach him in confession and repentance of their sins. Now it does require faith, as we were reminded last week. But even that is God's gift to you. Because he is faithful. And God is faithful in saving sinners. And so if you will come to Christ, you too may be saved. Fourthly, we see God's faithfulness in keeping his own. Once you've come to him, he will keep you because he's faithful. He always keeps his promises. He remains true to his revealed word. God keeps his word and his precepts. So for those of you who are Christians, 
you have all the promises of God that he will provide you with all that you need in, all the, in order that you may continue, in order that you may keep on as a Christian believer. You have everything that you're in need of because God has promised to be faithful to you and to fulfill all, all of his promises. So first of all, we can rely upon all that he's given us in his word. I'm glad that Gray mentioned it with the children before. The word of God, he's given you everything you need. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. He remains in covenant and in mercy with his people. And in Psalm 119, there's this verse, your testimonies, which you have commanded, are righteous and very faithful. You have everything you need in the word of God. And the Bible is faithful. And God will remain faithful to his word. It's God's faithfulness that will ensure that you will never be called to endure something which is beyond your scope to endure it. It will never happen. God will never overlook you or the circumstances that you're in. Have you ever suddenly smelled burning coming from the kitchen? Or the smoke alarm's gone off. Because someone's put a, a pan of potatoes on the stove to boil and they've forgotten about it. And it's all boiled over and you get that familiar smell coming from the kitchen. Because it's been, it's been forgotten. The, the, the eye's been taken off the situation. God will never do that to you. He'll never forget. He'll never be distracted by something else and forget the circumstance that you are in because he's faithful and he will remain constantly faithful towards you in all things. We have a promise in Romans, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. All the, all the regular things that affect everyone in the world will affect Christian people. We don't become exempt from them just because we're Christians. But, says Paul, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. <coughs> So that if it's become too much for you, there'll be a way out. So God is constantly with you. God is constantly watching over you. And God sees everything that you're going through. And he knows exactly where you're up to with that situation. And he will not allow you to be like the pot that gets abandoned on the stove and it all boils over and it all becomes nasty. He will not allow that to happen to you because he's faithful. 
And he's constantly watching and with you. We know that as Christians, we face a persistent enemy in Satan. And he would love to bring about the downfall of every Christian in this room if he could. But we have a promise in the word. The Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Satan can't come in and bring in a sneak attack on a Christian that God hasn't seen. Because God is faithful. And he will keep you. And what does this mean for us as we pray to know that God is faithful? Every time you turn to the Lord in prayer, you can know that that time in prayer will never be in vain. It will never be wasted time. Why? Because God is faithful. Psalm 143, the opening verse. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me. And in your righteousness. That's the confidence that we have in prayer. Because God is faithful. And you might be coming to him and you know you have been anything but faithful. You might have had the worst day or the worst week that you've had in years as a believer. But God is faithful. So pray. Confess your sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Because he's the faithful one. And here's something else really important to grasp on the subject of God's faithfulness. It's a topic that's cropped up a few times during the last year in a number of different studies that we've, we've covered. God's faithfulness does not mean that as a Christian, he releases you from all difficulties and hardships. The fact that God is faithful does not mean that as a Christian, you become exempt from all difficulties and hardships. Or from persecution. And if such things do arise in your experience, the last thing that you are to do is question God's faithfulness. Listen to this verse. Listen very carefully. It's Psalm 119, verse 75. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right. Listen. And that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Did you catch that? You, O Lord, in faithfulness have afflicted me. Now that's worth thinking about. Because our natural tendency is to think. That if this God is so faithful, then surely the last thing he'll do is bring affliction our way. It's not what the Bible teaches. And that's why in the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 4, the apostle says this. Therefore, let those who suffer 
according to the will of God, commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. You see, any affliction that comes upon us as his people is in order that he might be glorified. And so that he can prove his faithfulness through your affliction. The Apostle Paul had a great affliction that he wished God would take away and he prayed and prayed and prayed that God would remove it and God didn't. And Paul had to conclude, your grace is sufficient for me. And you're going to prove yourself. You're going to prove your faithfulness by enabling me to endure this thorn in my flesh, whatever that was. And God will prove his faithfulness through the apostle by not removing the affliction. Because in faithfulness, God sometimes brings affliction to his people. And reading through the New Testament and reading through the pages of church history, time and again, we see God working out his purposes in building his church and establishing his kingdom in the lives of his people because of suffering and because of affliction which is but light and is which is just but for a little while compared to the glory which is coming. And sometimes as believers, we also need to remember God may find it necessary to discipline us in order to continue his work of sanctification in our lives, bringing us to repentance of our sins, bringing us to greater love and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember what the writer to the Hebrews puts in Hebrews chapter 12? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Because sometimes we're stubborn and sometimes we're wrong. And sometimes God needs to bring things into our lives to sort us out and make us right. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have, been, which, which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. If God did not care for you to discipline you, then you're not a son. And so sometimes that affliction which God brings is because he's the faithful father disciplining his child because he longs for you to be in fellowship with him the faithfulness of God is evident even in our afflictions Look at the cross-section of scriptures from both the Old and the New Testaments that I've been able to bring to your attention. In the short time we've thought about this subject, you see how we need the whole counsel of God in order that we might understand his ways and his purposes for us. But the faithfulness of God is constant. God is faithful. 
We see his faithfulness in his common grace. We see his faithfulness in salvation. We see his faithfulness in the way that God keeps his own. What should our response to these things be? Well, as those wonderful verses in Lamentations chapter 3, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. That should be your response to the faithfulness of God. That God is the all-sufficient one to me and for me. So I'm going to hope in him because he's faithful. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. It was being convinced of God's faithfulness that permitted the martyrs through the centuries to go to their deaths without fear and in peace. It was being convinced of God's faithfulness that permitted Christians to abandon comfortable lifestyles and sometimes to abandon successful careers in order to pioneer gospel work in other continents or to go into Christian ministry and serve the Lord's people. It was confidence in God's faithfulness that enabled them to do that. It's being convinced in God's faithfulness that keeps Christians from being consumed even when they have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's, be, it's in being convinced of God's faithfulness that you'll be able to go this week to work or to school or to university and stand for Christ and to stand for his word of truth because you know that your God is faithful. He will not abandon you and he will provide you with every grace that you're in need of. It is in being convinced of God's faithfulness that you are able to be the Christian man or woman or young person that God wants you to be. Now it's true, of course, that your faithfulness as a Christian does have its place in your walk with Christ. But ultimately, and of first importance, in your salvation and in your witness and in your testimony, it's not about how faithful you are to God. It's about how faithful God is to you. That he may be praised. <laughs>